Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited. I'm, I think I'm extra excited today because my guest is from around the world, from a much sunnier place that I sit in. If everyone knows, I live in Western Canada, and we've got some snow right now. So I'm going to put a warm, warm, Calgary snow-filled welcome to the show from my guest, Helene. How are you, Helene? I'm fabulous, Tyler. Thank you so much. Thanks for oh, having me on. Oh, my pleasure. And I, I'll be honest, I, I chickened out a little bit on saying your full name to really introduce you properly, <laughs> which I'd rather, I rather bow out than, be, than say it incorrectly. So can you please, for our audience, give, you, give a proper introduction? Yes. So first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm Helene, uh, Helene Alexi Ioannidis. I'm an empowerment, wellness, and leadership coach. And I work with women that want to tap into their full potential, into their authentic power, and really cut the BS out of their lives. And rise to their highest purpose. That was one of, I, I was uh, helping high-performing women tap into their most authentic selves and cut out the BS. When I got to the end of the sentence, this is on your Instagram profile, so yes. please check it, people check it out. I was like, oh, oh I like, there's a get it, you got to get it, there's a get it factor in what you said there. <laughs> how long have you been, how long, how, how long have you been living this passion? How, or uh, how would, it sounds like you're living your, living your truth as well. I you. am, I am, and I'm really, I'm really happy to be here. You know, when you feel like you've arrived, Yes, I do. Yes, That's so I've arrived. I, I think you know when you know you're there. Um, so I've, I have been living this passion. I, I can say forever, but I have been on the path to finding it. So even the journey getting here has been painful but beautiful. So I have been an official empowerment, breathwork, holographic, sound healer, wellness, leadership coach, officially for the last. Five years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for, for you, did you find your way to that? I find so many people, and this is a broad statement, myself included, you find yourself in the, on these paths because there's just, it's just not like there's more. There's got to be more. There's a hunger. There's a quest. There's an mm-hmm. uncomfortableness mm-hmm. that I know my own journey we talked about before. I've got this very business side, but this other side of like, ah, oh, I did my Reiki practitioners and then I went to some sound healing and then yeah. I met some shamans from plant with plant medicine and always feeling there was something just not right or missing, maybe missing wrong, wrong mm-hmm. is a bad word, but there was a gap. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So my personal journey started very similarly in the mm-hmm. sense that I was a personal trainer for years and I was working in Saudi Arabia. I lived there. <laughs> so I went through a process. I was, I, I, I was that, I was that well, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so it was a very interesting experience to live there and work with women that didn't have the advantages that I had, therefore helping them just like step into their most proud and confident version of themselves on the outside, right? But when I was working with them... Did you, did you find... Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, when I was working with them, I essentially saw that there was something missing. That was that gap. That was the gap that I, I could see that people still, women still lack a, a sense of self-love and self-appreciation and self-acceptance. So therefore, even though they were doing these amazing boot camps and they were having these incredible results on the outside, you could still see there was something more that they needed. And that's where I was, I, I recognized that in myself and I started to work on myself from the inside out. And therefore I was like, okay, this is amazing because I know what people need now. You know, I can see where, where they're lacking and where we can bring more love, more attention, more focus onto. 
from a societal perspective, I, I, it's funny. My journey was very similar. I was in health and fitness. I love, I've learned the sciences and I was all, it was, it was a bit narcissistic. There was an external uh, voice mm-hmm. to it that wasn't, well, as long as you look good and as long as you go to the gym and you've got nice arms and all, whatever, dot, 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 well, then everything should be fine. But you very quickly find out that that's not true. <laughs> it's a bit of a false, it's a false God. <laughs> it is a false God. It is. And for yourself, did you have individuals, because I, you know, watching, looking at some of your Instagram and the role I see that creating a circle, creating, surrounding yourself with these people, was there someone in your life also, I'm always curious, the mentors, the catalyst, the people that mm-hmm. maybe showed you the path or helped you see the path. Was that also a factor for you? Like the role you're playing now, who was that for you 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I've, I would say I don't have a specific person, but I would find people along the way that I found parts of them that I wanted to represent. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I wasn't, it wasn't one specific person that I looked up, you know, like, oh, okay, let's say it's Beyonce. And then, you know, oh, she's the perfect, perfect uh, picture image that I want to portray and I want to be that. Um, it was, I had coaches, therapists, shamans, sound healers along the way that I was intrigued by. So as my own interest was sparked, I was discovering a new layer of my own self and therefore I was embodying that and then moving on and kind of understanding myself. So it started with psychologists and then a therapist and then um, someone who was more on the spiritual side. So we were working with, you know, the higher self and understanding um, the body and somatic practices. So I was peeling layers of myself and unfolding into the person that I would today call my most authentic and embodied self. I love it. When did you, and not that age is a thing, but it does feel like life has stages. I think of age mm. more that way. Well, when you're in your twenties, it's a certain stage. When you're in thirties, you're another stage. When did this start to manifest for you or start to, you, when did you kind of start on the journey from moving from more the outside, which is very much the fitness industry mm. and the, 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 the external uh, validation of six pack abs or whatever you want to call yeah. it into going a little bit deeper? Was it in your late twenties, early thirties, just thinking about the journey we're all on and sometimes age or number of years does play a factor. Yeah. I think for me, it was, it, it wasn't so much an age thing. It, it was more to do with what was going on in my life. So it was the moment that I, I gave birth to my daughter that really made a huge difference in my life. And that's when the transformation began. And I realized who do I really want to be and how do I want to show up in this world as the most confident, powerful, embodied version of myself and to truly represent that, not pretend to be that. Um, So that was in my late twenties. I was about 27, 28. But I think this curiosity has always been with me. Like I've always, I've always had this, understanding and curiosity to always dig a little bit deeper. It's not something that it wasn't an aha moment at the age of 28. It was something that I feel like it's been with me ever since, ever since. I appreciate that. But I do love that sometimes life, uh, what is it, a birth or death or a tragedy, mm. the three things can drastically impact your view in the world. Yeah. Was there any stage, I'm, what I'm thinking, and I think about so many friends in my life, men or women, also giving yourself permission go, there's more. Like I, I, I am okay. I'm worth it. I'm worthy. This is okay. Was there a cycle or was that, it sounds like that was always maybe a little bit part of your, of your, you know, DNA to oversimplify it. Mm -hmm. I would say it was always part of my DNA, but definitely there was a part that really, there was a part in my life, a part of my life that really woke me up. And that's when I was working in the corporate world. 
and I realized that I was dying on the inside. So <laughs> I, I recognized that although I had studied real estate and finance and I was a very good businesswoman, that following the corporate path and working a nine to five job was killing me on the inside and that I had to find the way, whatever that was, in discovering who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. So for me to be able to say, hey, this is not for you and it's not serving you, you need to, you know, you need to allow the concepts, the programming, the beliefs that you've been given that this is the only way that you can succeed and this is the only way that you can live in order to be able to question and find the answers that were my, my sole purpose. I love what you said, the, the beliefs, the formats, the structures, the, the maps that we create on what, and, and the shoulds. I heard the word should, like you should yes. do this and this is mm -hmm. what success looks like and you must follow the path because maybe that was the way you were raised or the environment that you're in and what, was, and what was valued. When you work with individuals now, how much is that a factor at the early stages of just, uh, it's, I'm, you can't help but reference the matrix when you take the red pill or the blue yeah, pill, okay, yeah. I'm choosing to look at the world differently. The, to me, that feels like such a foundational piece to, to b allow this journey to unfold. Absolutely. Absolutely. And clients that are not able to see that difference or bring awareness mm -hmm. to the fact that their beliefs, their programming, their conditioning has everything to do with how they perceive the world and everything around them. And that is actually so um, malleable. It's something that you can change and you have the capacity to change it only when you recognize that and you're able to see, you know, referencing the matrix, you're able to see <laughs> how you're living and what it is that you're doing. But perhaps a lot of it or some of it may not be true. So what is really true? So I find that, yeah, a lot of people struggle with that because, I, because they have been conditioned for so many years to see and believe and function in a specific way. And everyone around you works in that way as well. So it comes to the point where you, where you think, well, if I can see it differently and I'm, I'm feeling things differently, but no one else around me is, then maybe I'm the weird one. Oh, there's such a part of that that's being alienated from the tribe and the risk that you mm -hmm. have to take to think differently than the people around you. Yeah. I'm curious with the part of the world that you live in, and, and you mentioned being in Saudi Arabia, how much does culture, it, it must play you know, a, a significant role because so much of what's ingrained can have religious undertones, you know, the part of the world we grow up in. Some, I think, probably have deeper hooks than others is maybe a way, is mm. a way not, again, not right or not wrong, but yeah. there's some where if you don't believe what we believe, you are no longer welcome in the tribe. Yeah. And that's very yeah. scary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I would say that the reason I was able to live in Saudi Arabia is because we have very similar cultural programming and conditioning in Cyprus as well. And the religious okay. undertone okay. and, uh, you know, the path that you follow and how, what you're going to do, you know, when you, when you grow up and, and how, how you want to represent that as a person has a lot to do with um, whether you are going to be accepted or not. And that's a hard, that's a hard path to follow. Um, and it's not for the faint hearted, but it, it, I, I couldn't see any other way to it. There, I feel like there was n never an option for me. So therefore I always, I had to choose the hard way, which puts you, you know, you're an outlier, you're an outlier, but at the same time, you're also a leader 
because there's there's lots of people that come out and say, you know what, I wish I had the balls to be able to do what you're doing. And then, <laughs> yeah. you, then you feel like, oh, you know what, I'm not the only one. It just takes one person to, to be able to speak up, to, to break break the patterns and break the programming and the, the way that the, the society is functioning. And I feel like even with, you know, one change that you can make in your life, you're able to have the courage to light your own fire. You're lighting the way for other people that you're not even realizing you're doing in the moment. It's just about stepping, stepping past that fear of being alienated. Do you find even over the last five years, and I have a bias because the people I tend to talk to tend to be on this path. So it makes me feel like everyone is on this path, but I'm, I'm, I know enough to know that's not true. Yeah. Is there becoming more of a movement or more of a desire of people that just aren't satisfied with the set of beliefs and structures and the shoulds <laughs> when you, mm-hmm. when you're this age, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. Are, is there more of a trend or is it just that I'm happened to be talking to more of this, these type of people, including yourself? <laughs> I definitely think that there's a, there's a, there's more of a trend. I think okay. people have been given, have been given permission to be more of who they want to be because mm. so many people are giving themselves permission. So well, as I said, if I'm able yeah. to come out of the box and say, you know what, Hey, this is what I want to do. Then someone along the line is also going to say, well, Hmm. I would also like to do that. I'm going to try that. I'm giving myself permission because it's like, it's like the, the, the four minute mile. As soon as one person's done yes. it, yeah. then everyone's starting to think, you know, I've got the, I've got the potential to do it. So if I ha- if someone else has the potential, I've got the potential to do it. And therefore I'm gonna. <laughs> the, the, the art of the possible is one of my favorite statements that, that can exist in the business world as a term or in the world that we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. What, what I'm also loving a little bit listening to, I wouldn't know that you're sitting on the other side of the world. I, and when I hear you talk and the words you use and the journey that you've been on sounds so similar to elements of my own journey mm-hmm. in my own way. There seems to be a universality around this. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, where obviously different religions and different cultures, they can be very different where this seems to have a similar theme to me. I'm not sure if you've observed mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. living in the part of the world where you like, Oh, we all come from a different religious background, but when we get on this, tr- this, this path, Oh, it sounds actually very similar and I can mm-hmm. learn from you and you can learn from me. And yeah. there's less of, well, yours versus mine or your way. I, I don't know. It seems to be so much more similar, which would then lead me to believe that this is a very natural state. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Thoughts, um, observations. Again, I'm, I'm so tapping into you seeing the completely different world that I live in. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great observation. And it, it just proves that we're so much more connected than what we, what we think we are. You know, I believe in energies and I, we're definitely, we are energy. We are, we are matter. And with that, we are able to tap into higher levels of consciousness. And that doesn't mean that I need to be living next to you or you need to be within the same culture yeah. as I but in fact, there's like a, there's a universal consciousness that we're all tapping into. And when we've tapped into that, we actually feel much more at home. And that's where we feel like, okay, we belong. This has been our, our true essence all along. So that's, that, that's what I, why I would say so many people come to this, to this place of awareness and um, feeling this, um, how, how can I phrase it? I would say love. It's an essence of love. It's an essence of connection, of consciousness. I think love is such a fantastic word and it mm. gets misused and misrepresented yeah. and it can mean different things. Mm. But when you truly enter that place or those moments, you get a window of it and you're like, 
oh, the, the universe is me. I am the universe. I am, in, I am, mm -hmm. I am everything. So therefore mm -hmm. I am connected to you. I'm not one. This, the idea of separate and the idea of this, we, the individual yeah. mm, is a bit of a toxic narrative that we've had versus there's many versions of me. Like you and I were joking before we yes. got on, there's this version and that version, but yet I'm more like you than I'm not like you. And that mm -hmm. changes how you engage in the world around you when you take down some of those walls. Yeah. <laughs> certainly leads to less conflict, but certainly more entertaining conversations. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And mm. separation, I think the illusion of separation is such a big one that, again, it's, it, that's part of the programming. That's part of the illusion that we've been taught that we are separate from one another. But in fact, there, we have so many more similarities. You know, like I'll have a, a group coaching session and it's amazing how women from all across the world are on this session and they have so many more similarities between them. They've never met but they share the same wounds. They, they share the same traumas. They share the same experiences. They can relate to one another. And that's all on, on a more practical and conscious level. And then on the unconscious level, there's even a, a deeper connection right there. It's like, you know, there's this union of sisterhood that they're, they're tapping into without having to have met one another. So this is definitely an illusion of separation um, because we are, indeed, we are one. I love, love what you said about so many similar traumas and wounds at the conscious level. And if those are all similar, well, then therefore, what else is similar, which is mm -hmm. like you said. So talk to me a little bit about facilitating an environment. How do you, as, 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 the, as the leader in that environment, create uh, the safety, the security, the trust to allow people, no matter what stage they're at, to go, oh, hey, you're more like me than you're not like me. So therefore what is me seems a lot more maybe acceptable when maybe I was beating myself up and negative self-talk and a lot of the narratives that unfortunately we've got programmed that we run, that we tell stories, mm -hmm. we make up stories. Yeah. When you create an environment where you bring a group of women together, what are some, what's a bit of the formula you use? And I'm saying formula, I'm using a bit of my left and right brain here, mm -hmm. but how do you create a structure? Cause it is, it is ultimately about psychological safety to allow these bonds to start to loosen up. Yeah. I would say the key to this for me really is, and this is because I've mastered this, it's just about me being me. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that comes down to if I was to break it down and have a formula attached to it, it's about being vulnerable. It's about showing vulnerability and showing that I, I'm more human than not. And this association of being linked to being powerful and confident and all the time knowing all the answers is actually it's the opposite of what we need to be portraying when we're, when we're facilitating a group, a union, where in fact, I don't have all the answers and that's okay. And I can be vulnerable and I can share what I'm also going through in a very authentic, um, honest and transparent way that makes you understand that we're more connected and we're more alike. And in a way, I, I love the concept that I, I take myself off this pedestal because a lot of people that see my Instagram profile or know who I am, they, they, they glorify Helene. But I'm also aware of the concept that, you know, Helene is just the name. It's, it's, it's just a perception of everything that we've built. And yet if I'm able to, to detach myself from that and be able to just sit down and have an honest conversation and show you, show you my heart and show you what I'm capable of as, as a human and what my feelings are and my emotions are and what my thought process is, then you realize that we're more alike than, 
they're not alike. And that creates a, a safe space. That creates a space where women can feel that they can trust one another, where they can take down these these barriers, take away the masks that we put on as soon as we, you know, we go out into society, where we have to be against one another. But in fact, we don't have to be against one another. We can actually be supporting one another. We can be loving one another. We can, yes, be triggered, and that's okay to be triggered because that's exactly where you you see parts of yourself that you're like, okay, I can grow right here. I can learn this is teaching me something. It's not about being perfect all the time and being whole all the time because otherwise we wouldn't be on this earth, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so, therefore, it's about a process. It's like you're doing this dance with um, just being able to be vulnerable, perhaps being able to take some pain, being able to... Turn, turn your pain into purpose, to turn your pain into, into power, into understanding that you can trust and be more of you and allow that to create safety around you in all your relationships, not just in, in a circle. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's so critical to, to be able to participate in environments where it is safe so you can... Mm-hmm. Because if you have to build the muscle a little bit, back to the first, the personal yes. training reference, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is practice and there is training, and you know. So when you think of the even the the word confidence, and it came up a little bit in some of the stuff I was reading about you this morning, like from your perspective, do we have a do we have a misunderstanding of what confidence? And I think you alluded to it. Confidence looks like always right, having all the answers, and being mm-hmm. being on top of your game. Where confidence is, what I'm hearing you say is, well, no, it's actually being connected enough to who you are to go. I don't actually have the answer. And I'm, and I'm confident enough to say that. I know it feels like a, an opportunity to redefine because these words are, words are powerful and they, they get applied yeah. a lot of different meanings uh, yeah. from when we were young to when we grow up. Yeah. I definitely think that self-trust and confidence come together. So when I, when I talk about trust, trust has to do with understanding who you are on a deeper level without falling into the beliefs of what you've been told. So you're understanding yourself. Mm. You're understanding who you are. And in that moment, you're able to also support it. You're able to also say, hey, this is what I feel is what I want to do today. This is what I feel like being today and embodying today. And therefore, if I'm able to really understand myself and embody that through my words to the people around me, then I'm also able to say, okay, I am not the epitome of power, but I, uh, I know who I am and knowing who I am is confidence. <laughs> for someone just hearing that concept for the first time, how do you, how do you start to, how do you eat it one bite at a time? Because it's a very big, and you said it was yes. so beautifully said. I could unpack it for the rest of the podcast, just picking apart the words. But if I'm hearing this and I'm listening, going, oh, that sounds great for you, but that's too much for me. I, I'm not mm. there yet. How, what's, the, what's that journey look like? Or what are some of the early stepping stones to get across that river to the other side of what you just mm. said? Okay. So confidence in itself is, is a word that we play with a lot. And it's been given more power than I I believe it should have. And for people that really want to take this in bite size, 
if, as we said, confidence is about understanding who you are and then breaking it down into figuring out, well, who am I and how do I access that? It really has to do with self-love and self-care. The more we're able to understand that self-care comes from a mindset that you own and understanding that you have certain principles that you have said you would follow and you embody those principles. So let's just take an example um, to, to, to break it down. For healthy boundaries, let's talk about boundaries. If someone has said, I'm going to set certain boundaries, or I understand that I'm not comfortable with certain aspects of my relationship or certain aspects in my work, then how am I able to set healthier boundaries in order for me to be happier? In order for me to be able to acknowledge what my body is telling me, what my intuition is telling me, because the more I disregard those parts of myself, the more I'm self-sabotaging myself, which is in the opposite direction of confidence. And there are many, many different aspects of ourselves that we can bring more self-love, self-care in, in a way that we are stepping away from fear, but in, into more trust so that we are able to feel more confident. Because confidence can, you know, it can look like, it can even look like something that we have been, uh, it's a facade that in fact we, we are pretending to embody, but we're not really feeling. To feel confident has a completely different essence. You use the word intuition a lot, which I which I love. And mm. it, 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 how many people are how in your experience that disconnection from body? Like I don't feel, mm. or I ignore. I've been trained to ignore my feelings, or I was in an environment where I wasn't allowed. Maybe yeah. you had a family unit yeah. that no feeling. There's no place for feelings here. How much is that a, something to be brought out? Because I'm hearing so much of like, you might know, but you didn't, it doesn't feel right. You feel you're going against your, 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 true, your true nature. For a lot of people, that sounds maybe a bit fluffy or they've just mm. never had permission to, to, it's there. It's a gift that we've all received, but how well we have or have been allowed to access it is a different story. Yeah. Such a, that's such a good point. Most people have been tuned into tapping out of their intuition as opposed mm -hmm. to listening to it. Yeah. Mm. But whether it's the environment, whether it's our body, whether it's our feelings, it's this gut feeling that you have, it's your heart that's telling you what's right and wrong. And yeah, it does sound very fluffy to, to a person who hasn't experienced it or doesn't know how to access it. And but we all we all have the ability to tap into it. Uh, that's something that's very important mm -hmm. to to note here. It's not some people have it and some people don't. There are not people who are more special than others. Every single person <laughs> has the ability to tap into their intuition. It's just it's a matter of trusting and believing that you do in order to be able to access it. And it could be really small things because I think we've all heard the expression, it was my gut feeling. It's just something didn't feel right, right? So with that, 
that that's an indication that we're all feeling this. Everyone has the ability to be able to say, you know what? Oh, oh, I thought of that. And then it happened, right? How many times have we heard people say that? <laughs> and yet we ignore it. It's just, we have been trained to ignore all of the signs around us to the point that we've made ourselves believe that we don't have the capacity to be intuitive. But in fact, we all have the ability to be able to just, yeah, tap into that and acknowledge that and feel into it a little bit more. But perhaps the problem with most people not being able to tap into their intuition is that we have become human doings, not human beings. beings. So the more we are doing things... I heard things, a wonderful quote recently. No, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, we had a little yeah. bit of an audio lag there. Go ahead. No, no problem. So yes, yeah, so the more we're doing things, we are actually tapping out of our, our essence of being and feeling and being present. Whereas it's in the present moment that you're able to slow down and notice all these, all these inklings, all these signs that are around you in your body. So the more we take moments of whether you want to call that meditation, a presence, um, setting intentions, the more we are able to just be and be fully here, then the more we're able to hear and listen and feel all of the outer parts and inner parts of ourselves. Oh, I love the inner outer concept. How much does the natural world play into this? And you, you talked about doing, we live in a world that's very external. We go and we run here and we go there and we do this and we do that. And we accumulate material things, which is what the game told you you should do if you yeah. want to look like you're winning the game. Mm -hmm. But along that journey, we've become very disconnected from the natural world, which I synonym that, I align that with disconnection from self because the natural world has been here long before the stuff and things that we accumulate now. Absolutely. But yet I'm seeing a movement around that, whether it's forest bathing or whether, like you said, meditation or just going for a nice walk in the grass and your bare, in your bare feet. <clears throat> for you, how much how much do you think the natural world plays into helping you or allowing you to get back into that balance we're talking about with self? I think it's a huge part. It's a very, very, very big and essential part because with the more that we are living within these concrete walls with all of these material objects that don't have the emotions and the the intelligence that nature does, the more we are disconnected. That's why it's really a important to take your shoes off and put your feet in the ground, connect to, to Mother Earth, connect to nature, allow those codes of intelligence to, to flow through you, allow yourself to feel because even, you know, the, the soles of your feet have so many, so many receptors that you are receiving information. You're receiving the information, the most simple thing, you're, inform you're receiving the information of touch and connection and with that the more you spend time in nature the more energized you feel there's so many times that i find myself that i you know i feel tired i feel exhausted i'm in front of a screen all day and i feel like I'm, i, I want to sleep and then i'm going to sleep you know for 10 hours and i'll go outside i will sit in the grass i will lie under the trees and in about 10 15 minutes i feel energized I feel energized. I feel like, oh, wait, hold on. I don't actually need to sleep for, for eight hours. So what's happened right there? I've tuned in to my natural essence, to the natural environment, to nature, and I've brought that energy into me because everything's energy, as we said before. So you are tapping into the energy of nature. 
natural intelligence and you are disconnecting from all of these this concrete stuff the things that are that are not alive so nature is huge part of our lives and we again have been taught to disconnect from it as opposed to spend more time in it so that's why i think there's more of a movement um where people are being drawn back into into the forest into nature into you know um the sea and having taking walks by by the ocean and remembering really remembering that we we're all one even with nature as we are with one another i heard a lovely comment that it was like nature isn't soothing because it has it's not relaxing because there's nothing going on it's relaxing because there's so much going on but it's it's at the same it's at the frequency that's more natural for us than mm. the world of busy and our phones and the billboards and the lights and the sounds and Oh, you go to nature because it's so relaxing. There's nothing happening. There's like, there's so much happening. It's just on the right frequency for us, which I, I really love, I love that, that. that idea, the concept. It really, yes. it, it, it resonated, it resonated with me as I was driving out to go for a beautiful hike in the woods. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we, 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 we have snow here in Western Canada, but we also have very, very, I live about 30 minutes from the Rocky mountains. So I live with, a, oh, wow. a, with a beautiful nature at a very powerful, big, like comes out of the ground and, and leaves you in awe kind of nature right near my backyard, which I'm very fortunate. Incredible. That's amazing. Um, I'm very fortunate, very fortunate. Even when it's minus 20, to be clear. Um, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about some of the different, I, I'm going to use the word modalities, but I've been to a sound bowl session recently, which was beautiful. And of course, and I'm getting mm-hmm. back into yoga recently. And then there's drumming circles. There's so many different ways I'm just curious if you, there's a few that you maybe wanted to share. I'm always, I'm always speaking to an audience that's curious and goes, well, what could I try? And mm-hmm. where, do I go see a Reiki practitioner? Do I go to a sound bath session? Is there a few of the things that you, that you can share that you've seen that either have had an impact for you or that you just think are awesome? <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a good reason to share as well. <laughs> yeah, there are so many really, but I, I, will, I will share the ones that have impacted my life the most and the ones Beautiful. that I choose to work with as well. So for me, it's been breath work. Breath work is one of the most powerful modalities that we have. It, it's the first thing that you did when you came onto this earth, and it's the last thing that we're going to do. And to be able to use <laughs> the power of that and the, the accessibility of that, in you know, it's accessible any moment. I think that's really powerful to know that the power is within your own body and you don't have to go to a Reiki practitioner or someone who's going to do sound balls for you, but it's all already within you. And to have access to that and to be able to tap into altered states of consciousness through that is, is mind blowing in itself. So it's one of the, it's one of the techniques that I use um, in my own, my own sessions, in my own private one-on-one sessions, in my own um, group sessions and my, my circles and retreats. And, I highly believe that every single person in this world needs to try a breathwork session mm. just because it reminds you what you have access to and it's free. It's accessible. <laughs> You're carrying it around with you every you, day. So exactly. what, what would even, what would even a basic practice look like? Like how, cause this isn't something you have to go to a session to do to your point. You can do it between meetings. You can do it to center yourself at the start of your day. Is there a real basic kind of, base level formula that you use that you basically have in your pocket ready at all times <laughs> yeah um so i'll share a, a simple a simple breath work that I, I use um so you breathe in 30 times so you'll take a deep breath in in but when you breathe you need to make sure that you are also completely filling up your your tummy area as well as your your lungs so 
when we're stressed, we breathe very shallow and we, we breathe from our chest. When we sleep and we are rested, as if as when you see babies also breathing, they breathe from their diaphragm. So they're completely filling up their, you know, the tummy area, their diaphragm space, as well as their lungs. So when you take deep breaths, it really helps regulate your nervous system and sends a signal to your brain that you are safe, that you don't have to be stressed, you don't have to be in your fight or flight. So the most simple technique that I use is take 30 breaths, filling up your diaphragm. So inhaling to the full capacity that you can, and then exhaling and letting it out through your nose. So inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the nose for 30 times. And then at the end of that, holding your breath. And that's holding your breath to the capacity to the, the capacity that each person can. It's not about holding your breath because it, there's an end goal. It's, it's about feeling comfortable and surrendered in the process of holding your breath and then repeating that three times. Hmm. Do you hold the breath on the exhale or on the inhale? On the exhale. On the, so, okay, that's what, that's what I thought. Because there's a very, those are two very different sensations for me when I do them differently. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're two very different um techniques as well so one is to actually give you energy and one is to calm your nervous system yeah yeah oh okay so the the exhale and the hold on the exhale is to calm your nervous system yes whereas if you hold that'd be my assumption yes and whereas if you you hold at the top and as well as if you're breathing through the nose and the speed at which you're breathing also is more like the breath of fire so you are bringing more energy more prana into your body and Therefore, you probably, you know, you'll be heating up and that will give you um, more stimulation and you'll feel like you're ready to go. Whereas the other way around, you are calming your nervous system and you are reaching a state of surrender and serenity. I love it. Do you, on the, do you partially exhale or is it a complete inhale and a complete exhale for the Com- 30 times? Complete. Okay. Of yeah. course, I've done some Wim Hof breathing and there's mm. a partial exhale. And again, there's so many, there's a, there, there's a very there's deep so rabbit many, hole yeah. around breath work because yeah. I love it because you're right. It's our, it's our, it's our, it's, it's a gift that we have that we can use anytime. You don't need to go to a gym. You don't need a membership. You don't need a video or an app to do it. You can just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. What do we do? And uh, so many of the things we do naturally, if you then put some purpose or intent behind that, you take a deep breath, you okay, you calm yourself down. It's something mm. we, it's intuitively what we do, putting a little bit of structure to it. I really, I appreciate how approachable that is. There's, there's no reason not to. <laughs> there's no reason not to. And there's so, there so many and, free resources online as well that, that are accessible that, you know, you can do a breathwork session in five minutes or you can do a meditation session in, in five minutes. So it, it's all, it's all there. It's just about having the intention and the, you know, the discipline to be able to, to just say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make space for me. I'm going to make space and time for me to do this and tap into this. I appreciate the make, make space. There's, mm. there's nothing more um, contrary than the illusion of, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time, which means I'm not important, which means this isn't important, which means other people are more important than me. There's such a story that comes around the time narrative. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. It's very, it's very tricky. <laughs> very, very tricky. And I think most of us forget that if we are not giving ourselves the time or making the time, we are subconsciously telling ourselves we're not important. We are not um, we are not put, you're not, you're, you're not putting yourself as a priority. And that is the biggest act of self-love is to actually have the discipline to be able to say 
and stick to what you said you would do. And if you're not doing that, and if you're not making yourself a priority, and if you're not showing up for yourself, you are lacking some form of love for yourself. So being selfish is actually healthy (laughs) and important. That's so contrary to the story, the story that Mm -hmm. often is told on a very wide, that seems to bridge um, religious, geographic, (laughs) social barriers (laughs) that you're, you're not worthy. It seems to be a universal truth that uh, I I believe stop, sir. I don't believe it ever did serve us. It serves somebody somewhere. Uh, Curious. What what other, other, anything else on your journey that you would like to share? Is there anything else on my journey that I would like to share? God, there's so much. <laughs> sound bowls. Again, I always want to leave the audience a little curious that maybe they'll go and Google yes, or they'll yeah, go yeah. down a rabbit hole. And hopefully now they've made some notes around breath work like I just did. <laughs> yes. So um, I definitely think that sound healing can really take you to amazing places as well. And to find a practitioner that does that um, with skill and to just be able to enjoy the journey because that's the process of surrendering and to be able to trust and surrender and be present in that moment. You're able to receive codes. You're able to receive activations within your body, vibrations, frequencies that you probably wouldn't have access to if you didn't make space for that. You didn't make time for that. And it's similarly in the same way meditation. Meditation is such a powerful tool that meditation come come in all forms and this is what i've i discovered on my journey that working out was actually my form of meditation mm-hmm. exercising was keeping my mind still was really giving me the space to think to be able to let go of all my worries um and most people say oh i can't meditate i can't sit still i can't do this it's not for me and that's okay it's just about finding what your form of meditation is I uh, love that. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Back to permission. Oh, I can't meditate because I can't do a certain thing mm-hmm. versus, well, it is about finding a place where you are at peace, where your mind, like I love it being a, being a fitness individual and the sitting down and I've started to have it of, I, I started with visualization training of yeah. visualizing activities uh-huh. or things I was about to do. I'm like, Oh, this looks a lot like meditation and, mm-hmm. and just different mm-hmm. phases of your life. I think too, you kind of come in and come out of things as well, which is also part exactly. of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and it's uh, it, it is, there's no, well, and I love what we also live in a world. If you want to be the science brain, there is lots of science to back this up. This isn't mm-hmm, fluffy mm-hmm, at all, actually. Mm-hmm, <laughs> there yeah. is incredible amount of research being done around the impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. There is an incredible it, it, amount of resources that are accessible. You know, if you look at Dr. Joe Dispenza, some of his studies and mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the heart sensor and the frequencies that we emit from, from our hearts, there have been studies for this stuff that, you know, personally for me, I love reading them, but because I feel like I'm so tapped into already knowing it's, it's an extra, it's a, yeah, it's an extra validation. It's an extra confirmation that it's all there and it's great for people that need that. Um, but I always say this, you know, the books and the studies have always been done by other humans. Mm, oh, I like that. Mm, yes. And therefore there's some sort of bias to that. So, awesome. you know, everything's already been been done by another human so you 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 also have the capacity to be able to question that Ugh, yes 
I love, I love, I love that. And, and, and what, and find your version of it. Dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and understand where you stand with that. Mm, I, I love it. Um, plant medicine. Can't, you can't listen to a podcast or turn on a news fin. You're not going to run into it somewhere. I've yeah. certainly seen a huge uptick um, since COVID around. It, it was mm-hmm. happening before. COVID just seems like a catalyst for so many things, good or bad. I'm not going to, I don't, I'm going to choose to find as many goods out of that as I can. Uh, yeah. That's the way I like to see the world. But so many more people are getting tapped into and using that as a vehicle, which I, I don't believe anything is a magic bullet. It sometimes gets portrayed as such, which I think is dangerous. You still have mm-hmm. to quote unquote do the work. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that in, in in your quote unquote your part of the world in this circle of uh, I see a huge resurgence. Back to your point, like these have been around forever. This isn't yeah. a new thing, but it seems to be getting rediscovered mm. by people on this journey. Thoughts, perspective on it? I I definitely think that plant medicine is a great tool to be able to to help the people that have done the work. It, mm, it's a awesome. great way to support, to support what you've already been, you know, working on that, you know, the, the therapy that you've been doing, the coaching that you've been doing, all of that is really, really important in order to be able to work with plant medicine, you know, plant medicine, there, there is no quick fix. And this is what people, uh, all people try and, and, and believe that there's this magic pill that you're going to take and it's going to change everything in your life and that's it. But in fact, you can actually have a really bad experience from it and it can go the, in the other direction because they say with plant medicine that it doesn't give you what you want. It actually gives you what you need. And sometimes yeah, what you need is a push in the opposite direction to be able to bring awareness to what it is that you need to work on. And if you haven't had the foundations and you don't have the structure or the support around you as well as the integration coaches for the aftermath after you've you've experienced plant medicine then it can be really a dangerous place to navigate and it's i don't believe it is for everyone and i i also don't believe that it's the only way to access your higher self which is another that's another false belief that we you know we believe that again, it's something else that's giving it to us. But it, it never is outside of ourselves. It's always inside of ourselves. And that's as far as you can go with plant medicine, as far as you have accessed your own self. Mm, I, I could not, and just not because I'm agreeing, but I could not agree with you more. And mm-hmm. something that I've had experience with people ask me, oh, do I have to have done other drugs? Or do I? I'm like, no, you have to have done some work. And if yeah. you haven't opened that that realm of possibility of your own thoughts or your own feelings, and you can choose how you feel, and and if you've done some awareness around it, otherwise it's a it could be a Pandora's box that you just aren't prepared to. And I've had some friends yes. that have done no self awareness work and went right to there, and they oh. had a rough experience. They, mm-hmm. they, it ended up positive because it made them go, okay, wow, okay, I have to do work. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, they were surrounded by people that were were there to to help them and present different options. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it. Yeah, it's not a. It is the opposite of a magic pill. It can be the. It can be a very traumatic experience if you're not yeah. prepared for it. Even if you are prepared for it, it can be a traumatic experience. Yeah, which yeah. might be just what you needed at the time to your comment. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's not for everyone. I don't think it is for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that that's again my own opinion. I know. Hey. That is the beauty of a podcast. It is about yeah. your opinion. That's why I was very curious to, because I've certainly, the, the, it comes up all the time. It almost mm. blows me away, especially if someone knows that 
you're aware of it or you've done it or you experienced it. Yeah. And I like to share it with people of my experience just to come sometimes to destigmatize it. Oh, yeah. you're a successful business person. You would never do that. I'm like, well, wait a second. What do you, what do you think mm -hmm. that means to be this version of the version of me? You think you think I am. <laughs> so I, I love to throw that little bit of a cross. How much do you feel the balance? And you talked about it as your own journey and your own meditation being, how much is the balance of the physical and, and the mental body or the conscious, the unconscious body doing this while also taking care of yourself? And I don't mean like fitness for the wrong reasons, but I do see it as a balanced approach. And I see there's still a school of thought where, no, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the fitness journey or I'm on that mm -hmm, side mm -hmm, versus mm -hmm. I'm on, no, no, I do this over here. I see them blending together, not saying they have to, but I do believe it's a package. Curious, you're, cause your journey feels like it's included all yes. of the parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. My journey started off with just focusing on the physical journey and mm -hmm. getting to a fitness goal and a fitness, uh, an outcome, an outlook. And then I went really deep into the spiritual part and kind of disregarded the physical until I came to the awareness that, oh, okay, you know what? I actually need to integrate uh, both of these together. And when, I, when, I, when I'm accessing both the physical peak as well as the spiritual peak, that's when I'm at my ultimate best. Because if you're not looking after your vessel, then how could you also reach spiritual enlightenment or have that awareness and so many people on the spiritual journey i found you know focus so much on that that they they don't look after their own bodies and that can actually be an attribute of yourself that is limiting you and holding you back it's not something that yeah. you know that that needs to be looked at oh that's like a materialistic it's an aesthetic goal so i need to not focus on it because i'm only focusing on the spiritual aspect of where i come from um, but in fact, it's a union, it's a blend of the two. And it's, it's, it's important to have both of these aspects unified. It's body, mind, and spirit. Yes, it is. It, it's hard to poke. And when you read and get into some of the, the depths around some of the Kundalini yoga, as an example, that was a preparation for a higher level of like, back to your point about, you don't need psychedelics or plant medicines to get to a certain point but you need to physically be ready to receive and your breath work and mm -hmm. everything was a preparation for an ability to tap into that higher consciousness. It wasn't the fitness craze that we see that yoga maybe, and I'm not, I'm not, I love yoga. I'm not criticizing mm -hmm. it, but it often gets, Oh, it's a fitness journey. I think it was actually more of a spiritual journey in, in its original form. But again, <laughs> yes. this is requoting things <laughs> I've read or picked up over the years. <laughs> we may have misappropriated, misappropriated it in some way. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. I like that. It was a spiritual journey all along, but we had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a hundred percent. I do. I am again, things I'm like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I think yeah. I, I like, I like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza uh, books. There's an endless amount of books. Any ones that are on your bookshelf, the ones that jump out. Cause again, I want to give somebody who's sitting yes. here listening, going, I want to do more work. What can I do next? What would you recommend? <laughs> Um, there's a, there's one that I'm currently reading, which is Untethered Soul. Mm, yeah, I've heard of it. I've not read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, it's beautiful. Um, really brings you into the understanding of your path and how many potentials we have and what we can unlock within ourselves. That, that's one of my favorites. I actually, I listen to, to podcasts a lot as well. 
Um, oh, perfect. Okay. I, as a podcaster, I'm, I love, uh, I love audio is so powerful because you can do it while amongst doing other things in your life. It's such a powerful way to consume great content. <laughs> absolutely. And I love one by, um, Rochelle Fox. So it, it's all about manifestation and, and not so much just the, just the physical manifestation, but, um, bring it, being able to attract more abundance into your life, um, on all levels. So that's one I, I would definitely recommend as well. Fantastic. Michelle Fox. And if somebody wanted to attend, and I, I know you're on the other side of the world, but we live in a, the world is a village now. We're all yeah. connected spiritually yeah. and otherwise, and hopefully if flights are on time, we can get there as well. Is there, do you have anything upcoming and, and that someone would want to take part in? So it, you're very inspiring to listen to. So I, I hope my audience is also as inspired as I am. <laughs> if someone wanted to join and, and, and take part in one of your events, your circle, how, how would they, how would they find out more? This is, this is the marketer in me also coming yes, out. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So <laughs> First of all, I have um, women's empowerment group sessions weekly. Amazing. And they're online. So that's something that anyone can access. Um, and I have my one-on-one coaching, which is also available online. That's the way that I do them. And therefore, um, I'm accessible across the world. And we have an upcoming retreat. Ama- amazing. Don't you love, don't you love technology? Yes, don't you love technology? I love it. For that? I love it's amazing. I, the- I, I, like my consciousness has no boundaries, neither does technology anymore. <laughs> That's what I loved about COVID. I actually made so yes. much, so much more of this accessible. You know, I was doing boot camps and coaching online, and that was, you know, everyone was for it. Whereas before, everyone wanted to see you in person. Now it's just like, yo, it's much more acceptable, which is amazing. And the other um, retreat that we have coming up is in March. That will be for men and women. And oh, amazing! That's something that. Yeah, anyone from Canada, anyone from the States would be able to, to, to come and join. It's all about empowerment, tapping into your most authentic self, finding, finding who you are, and really taking, taking a break from everything that you are currently doing to be able to take a moment of presence and bring more awareness to everything that you are doing and how these practices and modalities that we'll be using in the retreat can be part of your everyday life to help you tap into the highest version of yourself, essentially. I love it. You, you can go and have the experience to learn it, but all of these things you can bring back home with you. You don't have to go to a retreat to do them, which is what I love about mm, how empowering yeah. this is. And I didn't, I was curious, you mentioned both for available for men and women. I know you look, you work a lot with women and your focus is very much there. Yeah. And maybe this is a silly question I'm asking, but does it differ much for men? Are we on a similar journey with a few different stories that we've been telling ourselves, but yet we're all still humans or am I oversimplifying that? No, I, I think there's, I, I think that we're all one really. We're all one. <laughs> I just find that it's easier for women to relate to women and men to relate to men. It's like you have this course, archetype that you look like you look at and you think, Oh, okay, I can be that. Or I, parts of myself can be that. And it's much easier for a woman to look at a woman and say, you know what? Oh, I want to show up like her. Of course. So it's, it's been easier to work with women in that sense. And I feel like my calling personally, having worked in Saudi Arabia and mm-hmm. my own personal journey, wanting to heal myself, wanting to heal parts of my mom have always been, that. yeah, yeah. That, that's what, that's why I do the work that I do. So I recognized that very early on and therefore I've created this niche that I just want to work with women. Cause I feel that that, yeah, I feel very, very, very passionate about 
female power. And not in the sense of feminism or anything, just like female embodiment and empowerment. I love it. I love it. Well, and I, I feel that there's a level of credibility. There's a letter of authenticity. There's a level of, I understand, I, you get me because I get you. And there mm-hmm. is a factor there. And more, and I completely understand it and appreciate it. But I, for so many men and so many things we talked about today, you yeah. could remove the w- woman and put the word man in very much. And the same, Absolutely. that's what I love yeah. about the universality of it. There's, there's nothing we talked about that I didn't feel was not relatable <laughs> simply because of my gender. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. And even the retreat that we're doing, although it's going to be for men and women, I'll be doing it with my partner who is also a neuroscientist and a Amazing. mindset coach. So yeah, it, it brings both elements. We bring the masculine and the feminine in both of us. And therefore, that's why we, we, you know, we've set up this retreat in such a way that it's accessible to men and women. So there'll be both those energies there. On some of my experiences working with shamans and working with healers, having Mm -hmm. even the male and female energy, they're very different and it creates a balance. There's something very powerful about that, that I'm like, oh, if I was missing either one of these, it wouldn't have been the same type of session. Thinking about Mm -hmm. plant medicine experiences I had having both the very different um, energies in the room, but so important as we are, we are all the whole, as you said earlier. But, yeah. Oh, this rabbit hole is so deep. It just, you can keep going and going and going. <laughs> Aline, it was, a, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. I was excited for it today. And, and, and especially to, to get a global perspective on something that you could be down the street and we could be having the same conversation, which I think there's something beautiful about that. <laughs> absolutely amazing to be on thank you so much it's been such a, a wonderful hour chatting it went by and very quickly didn't it <laughs> yeah it did, it did didn't it it really did it's been we've spoken about some very interesting interesting aspects and it's amazing to see how we are so much more connected than disconnected i completely agree that was not, nothing about this conversation didn't feel like it was natural which i think that's a a testament to the journey that we're all on as humans, not as as where we live or who we are or our gender or all those things that you can neutralize it. It's all it's all just part of the story that muddies the waters of what we're actually trying to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's the be- what what's the best way? What are your favorite What are your favorite ways for people to get a hold of you? Instagram, website, email, Instagram. What, what do you love? Instagram is my yeah my go to. So yeah, you can find all my information on there, and I'm accessible most of the time. So it's the go to place. Amazing. Yes. It's uh, my LinkedIn for the business community, Instagram for my social community. Those are my two, those are my two yeah, paths, yeah, yeah. two paths yeah, yeah. Of, of how I use uh, social media in a quote unquote healthy way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aline, I lo- lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to the, the hope to chat again. Thank you so much, Tyler. Pleasure being on. <laughs>